you have your Bibles, we're going to uh, quickly turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 22, Revelation chapter 22. How many will, uh, will pray tonight for the Lord to strengthen our spirits and the the messenger tonight and strengthen my voice i'd like to preach to you i wish i had the voice to do it but i'm still going to preach can we just pray and ask the lord to anoint and have his way here tonight father i pray that each one will participate that they will enter into the word and allow the word to speak to them and be with us lord we ask and touch each one, and we give you the praise for that in the name of the Lord. Revelation 22, in verse 10, so this is found in the last book of the last chapter of the Bible. The last book of the last chapter of the entire Bible. There's been no book more attacked, no book more uh, aligned or maligned. There has been no greater force ever arrayed against anything than against the word of the Lord. But let's read this one singular verse. And he saith unto me, that is to John, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. And tonight I am preaching from the subject, the time is at hand. Can you say that with me? The time is at hand. This is not a time for us to lay our weapons aside. It's not a time for us to cozy up and Think that it's all over. No, the time of the coming of the Lord is at hand. So I'd like us to put our Bibles down and let's pray that God will awaken us to the reality of his soon coming. Could we do that? Would you pray with me right now? Father, I pray all across this sanctuary that we will be quickened, O oh Lord, to the truth of your coming, that we will sense it and know it, that we will surely let our loved ones know that we are convinced that the time is near. I pray that your anointing will help us. And Lord, I ask that we will not expect someone to be like a cheerleader and cause us to be excited about it. I pray that our soul will rise up and say, yes, O oh Lord, I know that your word is true and your messenger preaches what thus saith the word of the Lord. And Lord, then bring it to our very, very hearts, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Could you put your hands together and thank God for the reading of the word of the Lord? Amen. And God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. I would just love to have you help me preach tonight. Uh, I, I don't normally mind you sleeping through the sermon, but uh, if, if you can kind of keep your head. You know, it's not safe if your head bobbles too much. Uh, I was talking to someone that wasn't a doctor, but they were talking about uh, people sleeping in chairs and the effect it was having. And I said, well, what about pews? What is that? No, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. But uh, they actually said that the doctor said, Sister French, should I tell you about this? The doctor said, I didn't tell you? Oh. Well, I've only preached six sermons. Maybe we didn't have a chance. Sister French preached. How many times did you preach this weekend? I mean, spoke. I think it was twice at the ladies, at the ladies conference. And then they've been in meetings all weekend, and we thank the Lord for the ladies' meeting. But anyway, the doctor said to them, and they said it to me, that uh, it was causing a, a, a pain in their neck because they were sitting up and their head was going forward. So I just recommend if you're sleeping that you keep your head as straight as you can. But tonight I'm asking you to do everything you can. If you, if you can possibly stay awake. 
If you can possibly say amen. And, and if one or two of you could just get out in the aisle and say, Whoa, hallelujah. If you feel it. You know what I mean? I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying if you could possibly get it into your spirit to say, I'm going to say hallelujah to that because I really do believe it. And I'm not preaching for a hallelujah. I'm just asking you to join in with me tonight because I am preaching the time is at hand and he saith unto me seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand now great calamities are predicted upon the last generation there's no question about it the bible is very clear they will bombard this planet with a global catastrophe one after another they will Try to shake men, that is all that God will bring upon the earth. God will attempt to shake men to their senses. Only one half of the earth's population will survive according to the book of Revelation backed up by the book of Daniel. But before that begins, God will evacuate his people from the earth and take them to mansions in glory is anybody here getting ready to leave this world the lord is going to take his people now sometimes he refers to it as his bride hallelujah so he's getting his bride prepared for his coming now it wouldn't be much of a a honeymoon if the honeymoon were the great tribulation. So we know we're not going through that. We're going to be caught away. A dear loved one spoke with me last week and they said, I heard a ministry on television. And he said, I quote, if Israel signs that treaty, it'll be just seven years so the Lord comes. So get ready. Now I knew that they had been deceived by them. Even though this was an apostolic ministry. They were deceived to think that they could know how many years it would be till the Lord comes. That is a false hope. The idea that anybody can look at anything and say he's coming in seven years. Now, I never said a word to them. I did not correct it. Because I would have begun with what are you watching it for? But I, I didn't. I didn't correct it at all. To think that they could know the day. You would have to know the day. How many knows that anybody with any ability at all can determine the end of a seventh year does anybody know that what do we call the end of a year well we call it the end of the year <laughs> what do we call a new year we got a name for that i bet I, many of you don't even know what the fourth of july is anybody know what the date of the fourth of july is no i'm just kidding <laughs> lord this is my sixth time help me and so so they think they could know the, the day, and so the preacher was saying, get ready. Now, I, I, I know exactly what the preacher was attempting to say, and that is we're so close, we're almost, we may just be seven years away. But I have news for you, my friend. I have no such message. The, the time is at hand. Matthew 25, 13 and I'd like you, if you, you know, if you like to turn through your Bible, some of you don't, could never possibly have the time to turn through a Bible, but uh, some of you uh, flip the pages of a newspaper. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, but if you would like to flip through your Bible just a little bit, the first book of the New Testament, Jesus said, you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. You are not going to know the day or the hour. So if you can count seven years, you know the day or the hour. You may not know the hour. Nothing could predict that, I suppose. But, but you would certainly know the day. You would know the day of the end of the year. So that, that's, that's not true. So how can someone be so obviously in variance with the teachings of Jesus himself? 
I mean, it's very simple. I'm just looking at one verse. I just read it to you. Matthew 25, Jesus said, ye know neither the day nor the hour. And I could hear all kinds of answers, but I'm not listening to them right now. I'm, I'm hurrying on. Now, one of the ways we know the rapture precedes the great tribulation is that people would know the day. Because we know the length of the tribulation. I can list at least a dozen scriptures where it gives us the exact number of days of the tribulation. Now you say, well, how is that possible? Some months have uh, 30, some have one, it could be a leap year, and, and some days have uh, 20, uh, 31, and, and so how would you know and so forth the exact day? Well, it's because of the Jewish calendar uh, of which I will not bore you, but you can know, and of course the scripture when it refers to it, it tells us the length of each of those months. For example, Revelation 13 says 42 months. Well, that's exactly three and a half years. So that's half of the tribulation. So what I'm saying is you don't even have to really have much math to figure out that if the rapture is going to happen at the end of a tribulation, the moment it begins, you can begin counting. And people would know when it would end and would then know the day. Because several prophecies tell us that from the beginning of the tribulation to its end, the tribulation is seven years. That isn't to say that everyone believes that it's seven years. doesn't matter if the Bible says it's seven years or not. They don't believe it. I know many people that, oh, I don't, I don't believe it's seven. I, I believe it, you know. Well, well, why isn't, you know, what, what do you think it is? Well, it could be anything. Because if it isn't what the Bible says, who knows? And how many knows the Bible cannot be wrong? No, the Bible cannot be wrong. So if you miss, uh, if you miss that, you would surely, let's say you, you miss the, the length of the tribulation. Or let's say you, uh, I'm just saying, of course, you'd, you'd have to be almost a complete, uh, uh, well, I want to be as nice as possible. Uh, something would surely You'd be missing something if the rapture took place or or the tribulation began, I mean, and uh, and you missed that that was the beginning of the tribulation. But let's say someone did. Well, then there is a very, very interesting. It's almost as though the Lord is saying, I want to give you every sign of what is going to happen at the end. Oh, I, I feel like the Lord is trying to tell this church, it is time to wake up. It is time to believe God. It is time because the Lord is coming. Hallelujah. So let's say you didn't, let's say for some reason you had no clue the tribulation had begun. Now, of course, we, uh, that's just another sermon, Lord. I can't, I can't preach that now. Wednesday night, I'll bring that up. But uh, if, you, if you don't know when the stars are falling, if you don't know when literally earthquakes are shaking the nations, that that is the tribulation. Well, then let's say you didn't get it. Then if you missed that, you would surely spot the moment that the Antichrist sits in the temple. Now, Jesus himself said, you're going to see the Antichrist standing, sitting different ways they describe it. It's called the abomination of desolation. And I say to this church tonight, we are within just whatever length of time from the time that that Antichrist is going to think that he can desolate the things of God. But I've got news for the devil. His days are numbered. You may be in all kinds of struggle. Your back may hurt so bad. Your legs may hurt. You may not know how you're going to pay your bills. But God's got the calendar in his hands. He's got everything in his hands. How long has it been since we heard that old song? He's got the whole world in his hands. So if you miss the beginning, you would be impossible to miss the middle. That abomination will not only startle you, because if you're there, we know 
What happened? No, no. if you see in that, I'm not going to see that. No Holy Ghost filled person ready for the rapture is going to be observing the Antichrist sitting in the middle of that temple. I'll tell you right now. And don't think I don't have plenty of friends that would love for me to say because they, they're so clever. You can give them verses after verses. No, I, I just don't see it. I think we're, that's got to be the church in the middle of that tribulation. But I say to you tonight, we are not waiting for the abomination. No, the time, the time is at hand. So from that moment... Of the abomination. There are going to be many people. Oh, ha, ha, hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, there are going to be people. In fact, it's going to happen the day of the rapture. Do you know you've got loved ones that are going to say, I, why didn't I do something? From that moment that the abomination begins... Oh, I, I can't, the Lord help me. When you, I'm telling you, there isn't a spirit. Someone asked me, why are you stirred up about the coming? Because there is a spirit of abomination in our world right now. Some says it's the spirit of Jezebel. Sure it is. But it is the spirit of abomination that's gripping our nation. I've had people say to me, I've never seen anything like it, Brother French. I'll tell you why. The time. Is that <laughs> the time? Oh, Jesus. oh Jesus. the time is at hand. That spirit is impacting us every day. It's causing fear in the church. Fear that. Religious freedoms will be stripped from us, and they will. You say, are you being negative? No. No. No, the Antichrist will have no time for religious freedom. Zero. So all of America's, all the hundreds of years of American religious freedom will have to be swept away. Now, whether that happens uh, days before or months before or years before, I have no way of knowing. But I know the Antichrist will not tolerate at all. You know, many people had called the era that we're in the new tolerance because they tolerate this. And they, but that was a complete misnomer. It's really the new intolerance. No one can tolerate someone claiming that they have the truth. The spirit of abomination. It will reach such a fever pitch that he will step into the very temple of God. And he will commit, I, I'll say it that way, the abomination of desolation. I had a very uh, uh, intellectual minister, uh, denominal friend that believed that the abomination of desolation already occurred thousands of years ago. And we, we discussed it at length. And I said, because uh, he believed it was Antiochus Epiphanes and, and that and many, many people thought this, that, that what Antioch Epiphanes did, he did, of course, step into the temple and and he did desecrate the temple and that that was the abomination of desolation. And, of course, if it happened 2,000 years ago, then why is it in the book of Revelation? And so we, we discussed it, and I said, I, I would like to suggest to you that um, to investigate for yourself why would you th want to believe that a general from thousands of years ago fulfilled a scripture that was only offered. I know Daniel is the source, but Jesus to me, I mean, Dan, I respect Daniel totally, but, but it was Jesus who said, you're going to see him. And he said, well, a few years later, Antiochus stepped into the temple and that fulfilled the prophecy. 
I said, but it couldn't be because, I mean, I want you to consider as, as the day approaches and you begin to wonder about it, you reinvestigate this, that it is happening at the end, the last chapter of the very last book of the Bible. It is not something that occurred a couple years after Jesus. Now, was there types and symbols that compared in certain ways? Yes, of course. Antiochus was an interesting character. But, friend, I am telling you now, you will recognize it. If you are there, nobody in this planet is going to miss it. Nobody is going to miss it. I am telling this church that the time is near. It is not time for us to pretend that nothing is happening. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. The spirit of abomination is in our land. No, I do not want to preach that abomination is in our generation. I do not want to admit that the spirit of Antichrist is all around us. I don't want to admit that precious and beautiful young people that should have hope for the future are being deceived by all kinds of evil. I don't want to admit it, but I am submitting to your hearts today that the time is so near that you can feel the tenseness of the air of the end time because it is that close. I told the Lord. (laughs) So I told the Lord. I have no way to know if I will be alive. I have no way to know. I think I will. Because I'm so young. But we have no, how many knows that we, we don't have a promise of tomorrow. Nobody in this room has a promise of tomorrow. Now, my dad is 90, and my mother is, what is mom, 86, 86, born in 33, she's 86. She will be 87 next, next March, so... My uncle is 91, her brother. My grandmother was 88. So, you know, in some people, they <laughs> do what I'm doing right now. They say, well, my parents lived to be 150. And so I probably, you know, and I, I, I know what that means. But we just sort of think about, well, I wonder how my life will be and what will happen. The real, uh, my real uh, Uh, vision is that I'm going to work for God and then I'm going to just hear the trumpet. That's what I've I've, I've often, I've had more dreams. I've had more times that I just thought, I just was, I thought for sure it was the rapture. Have you ever dreamed about the rapture? One time at college, we we pretended the rapture and we put clothes on the stairs and guys came in from work. The guys that were near backslidden and they knew they weren't going to make the rapture. And so did we. And so we put we left the water running and shave uh, 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 razors it plugged in and fallen in the not in the water, but in the in the sink. And and we had shoes uh, like right there, like they were walking like this and their and their clothes dropped right on their shoes. Now, it may not happen like that, but I don't know what else can happen because I don't plan to take this robe. Sister French, I thank you. I love this, but I don't want to take it to heaven. No room in my closet in heaven for this. I love it. But I got a brand new robe I plan to wear over there. Hallelujah. So I'm just assuming that I'll be putting on my new robes and and, and my new threads. And I'll be gone in the twinkling of an eye. I want to tell you, when they got home, it was about midnight. And we were all hiding in different places. And when they walked in. 
they, <laughs> why am I thinking this doesn't make a bit of difference. But when they walked in that dorm that night about 11-ish, 11.30, whatever, and, and I'm, I won't say who they were because I just won't. And uh, they walked in there, and the first thing they, we could see, and we had the little, you know, the cracked in the door there. First one, well, I, I almost told you who the first one was. In fact, he just passed away this, what, two weeks ago. And, uh, and, and uh, of course, he was close. He, he might would have made it, so we, we weren't sure if he would have made it. And so, uh, but he, he was the one that was the most sensitive. And, I mean, he walked in, he saw that. David! That was his best friend. He's a UPC pastor. I won't tell you where, but David! He was trying to get David to come. Where are you? He was, it didn't even take getting through the door. He thought the Lord had come. Now, when, when Michael walked in, he was, uh, he was, I would say, well, I won't say. Uh, uh, And I said, we won't convince him. We won't convince him. Because he's so far gone, he won't, he'll never believe that's the rapture. And he started going through. He was one of these real cool dudes. And they opened the door, heard the water running, the showers, the soap, all the different setups. He ran to his room. <laughs> Not even really that touching, but he ran to the room and 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 his roommate, who he knew was like 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 the Pope. I mean, he was literally the most. Uh, his roommate, he had given his roommate. I mean, the uh, I mean, the biggest time of his life. And he opened that door, and they had rigged his room so that his clothes had dropped right in the door with his Bible. And he saw that, <laughs> and, the, and he, there were several of them. I'm just going to mention these two. And, I mean, they ran as fast as they could run to the prayer room. And they started praying, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And everybody in the, uh, where did I say we were hiding? We were hiding in the, not the prayer room. Anyway, the clo- there was like a room we could get into. And, uh and we, we heard them praying, and we got so touched by their, there was a bunch of them, but these two especially. And when the, when the second guy I just mentioned ran in there, I mean, it was like the first time we'd ever heard him pray. And he was, I mean, he was praying. And they said, and they just started lifting their hands. I want to tell you, now that was just, uh, uh, it, we were thinking it'd be a little bit of fun. It turned into a Holy Ghost revival because young men were saying, oh, my goodness, what if I had missed the rapture? Oh, I'm hoping somebody tonight will say, I don't want my family. I don't want my family to discover the things I had. I don't want them to be left behind. Could you just lift your hands? Let's ask God to help us to win our families to God. Lord, I pray that the one that's the hardest to win will surely be brought to faith. I pray that they will find their way, oh God, in these last days. I'm often criticized for talking like this because the general idea is don't don't talk that way because, um, you know, you'll look foolish. If I had the money for every time someone has said, you're too smart, Talmadge. To think that you need to worry about that. If I had the money for the times. People have said why are you weeping. About something that's probably not going. You're putting your reputation. On the line. I told someone not too long ago. It's been a while but not a long time ago. That I preached. uh, I preached a sermon. About the coming of the Lord. And it was many many years ago. I talked about how I wept as I preached it. And they said, don't you see how foolish that is to preach that? I mean, you've got all all these people who think you're this and you're that. And then you do that kind of a thing. Why don't you use your head and and just 
say, well, you know, let's just live for God carefully every day and in the end we'll be just fine. Well, there's a reason. I don't believe if we just live our lives ordinarily that we will win our families. If we go through just sipping the coffee and saying, well, it's just another day. Because I want to tell you, my friend, if you think the coming of the Lord is just another day, then you are in serious trouble. Because the coming of the Lord signals a time like the world has never known. Can you say praise the Lord? And so it is that Jesus continually. Do you know who the greatest preacher of the end of the world was? Does anybody know? I've had to remind several of my preacher friends who long ago quit worrying about these kinds of things. The greatest preacher of the coming of the Lord was the Lord himself. He did everything to remind people. He said, of course, that this moment when the Antichrist would stand in the temple and desecrate the temple. You see, to a Jewish individual, that would be like, I mean, for you and and me, that's, Horrible, but to a Jewish mind, someone dare to step. We know the priests ripped their robes, and if, you, if they said something blasphemous, I mean, just to say something, they crucified Jesus because they claimed he was blaspheming. Imagine a world ruler standing in the very house of God and thinking whatever's going on, that's a whole nother thought, but you would find that, Daniel said, with the minute that happens, the day you hear it, 1,260 days. Count the days. Do you know you could just take a marker? If you have a marker, you would just exit off. One, two, three, 1,000, 1,220. Oh, my, we're almost a... 42 months here. You could count the days. But Jesus is coming. When no one knows. He's coming before the countdown. Are you listening to me? Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. He's not waiting for you to open the door. He is going to come. And catch his bride away. You're going to have to have the oil in the lamp. And if you miss it. Then it's too late. That's the message that Jesus gave. He didn't say. Okay. When you see this. You got that much longer. Get ready. No. No. That, that's, that's the message for someone else. Israel may know it. Israel may turn to God. But he's coming like a thief in the night. Try to remember the day when Jesus was walking with the apostles. Past the temple. And they said to him in Matthew 24, Lord, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming? Tell us how to look for this. And Jesus Gave them a very clear answer. Many shall come in my name. That will be a sign. I'm only going to mention a few. They will deceive many. So this becomes a common theme of all the writers about the coming of the Lord. So tell us, Lord. He didn't say, I'm not giving you a sign. Now, we know that when they ask... Uh, when the Pharisees asked him, that was different. The Pharisees, he said, there's only one sign I'm giving you, Pharisees, and that's the sign of Jonah. And that's a whole nother sermon. But this, this was, were not the Pharisees. This were his own disciples. We want to know if we're getting close. Well, there's going to be deception. There'll be earthquakes and 
all kinds of places. There'll be false prophets. The love of many. This is all in one list. I'm just speaking of one place. The love of many shall what? Wax cold. Do you know any backsliders? Has anybody, any of you ever met a backslider? They're all signs. And then Jesus added this. As the days of Noah were. And then he told how they behaved and how they were living. They'll be eating and drinking and so on. And then it happened. You will not know the day or the hour, but you will see the signs. You will feel the wind on your face. And Jesus said it will be like the days of Noah. That they knew not until the flood came. And took them all away. That's what Jesus said. So I don't care what this one or that one says. Jesus, all I need to know is that it will be like it was in the days of Noah. The doors are open. You can get in. But there's a time when it's too late. You're not getting in after that. The Bible says they pounded on the doors and they could not get in. I am preaching the word of the Lord. The day will come when it will be too late. So watch for the sign, unexpected signs and warnings, and then it happens. But it wasn't a surprise to Noah. Not that he knew. He just knew to be ready. Everybody say ready. He built and he prepared and he was ready for it. What surprised everyone else, the Bible says the rains came and, or the floods came. That's the wording. Now you ask, how do you figure, pastor, that the time is at hand? How do you figure it? Because you're reading from Revelation 22. And that obviously is referring to a specific time period. How do you uh, consider that? Now, I'd like to preach this. Can anybody let me preach a little bit? I know you're tired. I just, I just want to preach a little bit longer. I want to address that. First of all, God has been working on this timetable for a very long time. And God knows exactly when it will be. Is everybody with me there? You don't think God's going to be surprised, do you? No, he's not surprised. God told Daniel, 70 weeks of years are determined on Israel before the end. 70 weeks. That is one of the most amazing prophetic prophecies in all the Bible. The Bible said, or he told Daniel, 69 of these weeks of years, in other words, 69 weeks of years, we're now up into the 400 years, there will be all of those years, 69 of those weeks were completed up to the crucifixion. That's how God counted the time right up to the moment. Now, nobody knew when the crucifixion, but God knew the very day they would drive nails. They knew, he knew the day he would say to death, let go of him. He knew the day that would happen, that hell would shake and convulse. God had it all worked out. That was the end of the 69th week. He even said the 69th week will be the years of Jesus' ministry. This will be the Messiah. Nehemiah said, and then the Messiah will be cut off. God had it all completely worked out. And then it will stop. It will be so deafening. The sounds of the end. It will be so quiet. And 
the 70th week. Jacob's trouble. God has determined it. That delay of time from the 69th to the 70th week. That's the preparation time for Israel. i got to call them back. I'm going to draw them back. He's been working on this for a long time. Because I am saying to you tonight, Israel will repent. Matthew 23, 39, read it. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me. Talking to Israel, you will not see me, Israel, until you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That's when you're going to see me. When you say that, I'm going to split the Mount of Olives. I'm going to split the skies. I'm waiting for Israel. God knows exactly. The day none of us do. And Israel will say, Blessed be the name. That's repentance. Until they repent, the end is not here. The Antichrist stirs Israel to finally recognize their own real Messiah. The prophet Zechariah says that Judah will be, a, will be attacked. Just look at it. And we, we read this the other day because I've been teaching on the minor prophets. But Zechariah 12, uh, I'm going to go quickly here. here. Let me read a little of Zechariah's prophecy. They shall be, this is verse 2, they shall be in the siege. That's a way of saying they'll be in the midst of the battle of Armageddon. We're now, of course, reading, if you can stay with me. Is everybody all right? Can I, I'd like to at least hear you breathe. It helps if I hear breathing. I, I know that, you know, that you're safe. They shall be in the siege. And in that day, I'm reading now verse 3, all the people of the earth, the Bible says, come arrayed against my people Israel. Because the church has long been raptured. And look at verse 5. Judah shall say in their heart, Jerusalem shall be in the Lord of hosts, their God. Israel is going to say, we missed it. We're turning to our Messiah. And she cries out to the God of heaven for the strength that she needs. Jerusalem is being caught up into the strength of the Lord. Israel has been betrayed by the Antichrist. For, year, for two or three years into the tribulation, the devil has said, we're going to have peace. And it was the biggest lie there ever was. I've got news for you. The devil is a liar. You need to quit listening to him. Still, there's no end, but Judah cries out, and suddenly the light blasts from heaven, and the church has been in heaven all that time. Two-thirds of Israel, according to Zechariah 13 and 8, is destroyed in this battle, but she turns to Christ. Look at chapter 12, verse 10. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. They shall mourn. They shall cry out to their God. It will be the day of her repentance and Jesus will stand upon the Mount of Olives. Hallelujah. Revelation is famous for seven seals and seven vials and seven trumpets. But when Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he likens the rapture to the last trump. And many mistakenly suppose, I don't know for sure why. Well, I, I think I understand it, but many of the folks that I know that think that the last trump must be the end of the book of Revelation is because they are connecting the last trump with the seals and the vials and the seven trumpets. 
And the seventh trumpet is the very end of the book of Revelation. And so they say to me, there's your answer. And I said, no, that's not my answer. (laughs) No, I got my answer when Jesus said, I have not called you unto wrath. I have given you salvation. The, The last trumpet is the trumpet of the feast of trumpets. There were, in fact, seven trumpets of the Feast of Trumpets. It is the harvest. And pray for the harvest. When the last trumpet sounds, that's when the last single soul is harvested. And I'm telling you, the day is approaching when the very last soul is going to be harvested. And like Paul said, the trump of God, that last trump is completed. Paul makes it clear in 1 Thessalonians 1 what he means. He says, we are to wait for his son from heaven, not for the end of the tribulation. Jesus said, we're waiting for his son from heaven. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Even Jesus Which delivered us, listen, who delivers us from the wrath to come. He's getting ready. The time is at hand. The fulfillment is near. In Revelation 4 and 4, the Bible says there were four and 20 elders. Does anybody remember it? Does anybody believe I'm going to be just another moment? I want to know if you believe I can do this and I just need another couple seconds. Let's lift our hands and say, Lord, talk to us in these final words of the word of God tonight. There were four and 20 elders. The Bible says that they had on their heads crowns. Does anybody remember this? Yes, I see a few heads nodding I don't it's not if you don't I'm just wondering how many know they had crowns of gold on their heads so I ask you like I ask everyone if these and of course they represent the church the four and 20 elders represent the 12 apostles and the and and the 12 uh, pillars of the prophecy They represent the church and the book of Revelation is just beginning and they have crowns on their heads and many other things that describe them. How could they have their crowns unless they have been raptured? They wouldn't have their crowns on their heads if they were down there being devoured by the Antichrist. They have been raptured there in heaven. We're in heaven by this time. Verse one of the same chapter says, says it to the four and 20 elders. Come up hither, says it actually to John. The Lord promised to keep us from the tribulation. This can't mean keeps us through it or in it. Revelation three and 10 says he will keep us from the tribulation. So they say, well, that means he will keep us in it and keep us from the danger of the tribulation. So immediately you need to turn to John 15 and 17 where the exact phrase is used and uses the same words. And it's even translated the same way. I will keep them from same words. Jesus words. He prayed. I will keep you from The evil one, meaning the devil. So is it possible that he means we're going to be in the devil, but he's going to keep us in the midst of the devil? No, the only thing it can mean is that he is going to keep us out. Ek from means out. He's going to keep us out of the tribulation. Now, folks, there's only one way anybody you know or love is going to see that prophecy in Revelation 3.10 fulfilled. And that is if they are taken when the last trump sounds. If they're going to be kept out 
of the tribulation. Now, you and I are ready. Anybody here planning to go in the rapture? Yes, I'm preaching this to you, but I'm not even really preaching it to you. So it's not that he's going to keep us in the devil. He's going to keep us out of the hands of the devil. He keeps us out of the devil. He keeps us out of the tribulation. To be separated from the tribulation, we have to be separated from this world. That means we have to be taken out of the world. I say the end is at hand. It is near. The signs so declare it. Matthew 24, 33 says, When ye shall see all these things, know. Everyone say no. Everyone say no. Know that it is near even at the doors. Revelation 22 uses the word at hand. It is at hand, but it's the same Greek word. It means it's near. These events are closer than most of us think. I hear the approaching of the coming king. Stand with me right now. Would you do that? And let's let's lift our hands and let's pray. We're we're done. I'm just going to I'm just going to dismiss us here. These events are close and I hear the approaching of the coming king. It's like the wind blowing against the door. You can hear it. I hear that storm. Do you hear that, honey? Do you hear that? Was that a branch? What was that? I heard something. What's that clacking noise? I think those are the shutters. I think that's the door. The door is shaking. The wind is rattling the hinges. And the time approaches. And the hand is upon the trumpet. I can hear the clank of the brass against the instrument stand. We are that close. The signs are all around us. And I hear the brush of angels' wings, and I see the signs. The signs of the time are everywhere, and it's near. It is even at the door. Now, a couple of you tonight, or maybe two-thirds, maybe three-quarters, maybe 85%, maybe 99%, I don't know, but you believe the Lord is coming soon. You believe that. And I would like for you to agree with me tonight to believe for your loved ones, your neighbors, friends, maybe total strangers, that God is going to use you to prepare because when the trumpet sounds, you listen to me, when the trumpet sounds, that's it. There is not another chance. Now is the time. I wonder if you could just lift your hands and let's pray for those. And I'm going to pray with you right now. Hallelujah. Brother French, I need you to help me pray. Father, I thank you right now because somebody is really praying for a loved one. Somebody is believing God for somebody. Someone is saying, my son, Lord, my daughter, my grandbaby, Jesus. That's what they're saying. They don't need to be emotional. They just need to have the faith, that faith that God will do what he promised to do. I will keep them from the evil one and I will keep them from the tribulation. Father, I believe that you're going to save many souls. Somebody is going to believe it and somebody is going to tell someone that they believe it and we are going to touch lives. We are not going to be rocked asleep by Hollywood. We are not going to be rocked asleep by the, by the wine and the whiskey and the dancing and the fun and the games and the and, and all the uh, and all the gadgets of this world we are going to prepare ourselves we're going to pray for our loved ones come on one more time just wave your hand to the lord father we're tired tonight somebody's tired but but they still believe it to me don't let me be lost hallelujah that's it. For above all That's all right. Don't worry about the song. Don't worry about the about what time. I don't even know what time it is. I want you to worry about somebody you love. I want you to break through by faith. Come on. Just break in. You say, I, I prayed for them the other day. But we're not. this is not the other day. This is tonight. This is the Holy Ghost saying, I want to get a hold of you. I want to show you what to do. I want to give you faith for somebody. I want to see them in the altar before it's too late. Hallelujah, Father. Lord, that's our prayer. Lord, that's our desire tonight. 
somebody, maybe it's my neighbor, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's an acquaintance, but somehow we're gripping our heart. Oh, don't let me be lost for eternity. Another second, it's not gonna hurt us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, something is happening to us. Lord, you're gripping us. I must be saved. That's it. Don't worry about the singing. Just think about what the Lord is convicting, what the Lord is directing in your own heart. told me recently I don't share it only like time like this I just I can't hold it in and I feel like the Lord will let me talk and they said these were preachers brother French you you don't have to get all emotional about it it's not going to help they said <laughs> won't help in fact it'll drive people away because you worked up about it. But I said, I don't believe that. No. Somebody's going to say, they really love me down there. They love me down there. They told me that the Lord is coming. And I don't know. I, I kind of wonder about it. It, it kind of makes me wonder. But it's the way they say it. It's the way they seem to really mean it. And something in my heart is saying, maybe I ought to give it some thought. I want to tell you what I believe. And I want you to hear me. I know, you're, I know you're exhausted, but I want you to hear me. I believe the truth is going to set people free in these very last days. And if you come to me and let's say, how old am I now? Let's say I could live. Uh, is Sister French had to slip out? Okay. She's behind me? Oh, my goodness. Um, how long do you think I'll live? Uh, you think I'll make it to? Uh, About 200. 200 years. All right, there we are. 200 years. Praise God. I believe the truth, when it's preached, is going to fill these pews. I don't mean demons. We don't need demons. The demons are never going to be saved. We're not trying to save demons. We're trying to save hungry souls that don't know the truth. But when they hear it, folks, we got to do more than golf. We got to do more than just keep going through the motions. We got to pray with faith that God will send revival. And I feel like I, I can just hear Brother Cole. Right? I know Sister Cole is with her family tonight. But I want us to pray right now that God will give the vision of Brother Cole and let it come like a flood of revival into the tabernacle. Could we do that one last time? Father, we pray for revival. Lord, like we've never seen it before. I pray that our bishop's vision will become a reality in these altars. Lord, I thank you that he could see what you were doing right up until last year. And Lord, you decided that it was time, Lord, for him to be with you. But Lord, we are believing that the truth is going to save our dearest loved ones, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers. Lord, you're already working on them right now. 
And then I pray, Lord, that we will have the faith and the hope to instill it in each and every one of them. Praise God. I don't know if this is the right key, but you remember that old song? He's coming soon.